Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It's so quiet, I'm going to start with this. Okay. Think about some things that you do. You know how everybody always like, can you like pat? Wait, was it like rub your stomach and pat your head? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Are you coordinated enough to do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, something just happened to me, and I'm like, this might be one of the hardest things to control and do. Okay. And when it's pollen season, you got some allergy stuff happening. Yep. And you have to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and you're taking a pee, <laughs> and you sneeze. Okay. That's, well, it's, it's, it's bound for disaster. You, you can't hold the sneeze till after you're done? Ah, not when you got to really sneeze and you really got to pee. Dang. You ever do that? No. I can't say that I have. Well. Casey, have you? Don't try it at home. No. Yeah, man. I feel like that's not possible. Oh, it's possible. It just okay. happened. In okay. Fact, twice all in the same pee. Okay. <laughs> this is quite the. Should I be dumping this? Yeah, I don't know. This is quite <laughs> the. This? this is real life stuff here. Well, there's, 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 there's a lot of real life, life problems that I have. Sure. Like, it just happened. Okay. Needless I, I, to say. I don't know what to tell you, man. I had to wash down the bathroom right hey, this, this was not in the rundown today. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, keeping it real. Okay. Is, is it the bathroom that I use? Should I be like, no, I, I worried? Let me get cleaned up after myself. Okay. Good um, to know. The... Uh, I, I will say, like, but it did get me thinking a little bit. It's like, what are some of the things that, like, you might try to do at the same time that are not easy to do? Oh, man. And, like, I, I'll i say this. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, like, driving and, and yeah. using your phone is not a very good idea. Nope. Right? No, it's a horrible idea. It's a dangerous idea. Could be one of the worst ideas Sneezing ever. Sneezing and going to the bathroom, not really uh, as dangerous. Sure, sure, sure. Be a little more messy, but not as dangerous. Yep. Um... I couldn't even come up with anything else, but that's my question to start the show, and you have three hours to figure it out. <sighs> Man. That's it. Okay. You don't have to come up with an answer right now. Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm trying to compare it to what, what you just went through. And, <laughs> yeah, like, nothing's really, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> it's going to take me a while. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I was just, I mean, listen, you get show topics everywhere. Yeah, I guess so, and, man. And I'm just sharing everything with you guys. We appreciate open it. Book. Open book. Absolutely. Uh, happy Wednesday, everyone. Jaguars still don't have a coach. Uh, nope. And uh, it's really kind of hit the skids a little bit, huh? Correct. Uh, last thing we know is Spielman. We discussed that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing we know is Doug Peterson. Yep. Uh, and do you believe that... Uh, what Jim Harbaugh supposedly interviewing in Minnesota today? Yeah. Uh, Patrick Graham interviewed for a long time yesterday. Uh, Josh McCown was rumored yesterday to be set to land the job in Houston. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen anything official on that. Have you guys seen that? No. And so I asked this question at the end of yesterday's show with the Brian Flores news in the lawsuit. And now a media tour this morning. Is the NFL collecting itself? And is the NFL kind of like, wait a minute, stop. Don't add fuel to the fire. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, whatever coaching search you have going on right now, let's think about this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm just telling, that crosses my mind because let's be honest. 
what was taking place in Minnesota was about to go down kind of the way in our opposite way of what happened with Flores in New York, at least that he alleges. Because everybody said on Monday, basically, Harbaugh's lined up to get the job in Minnesota. Yeah. He thinks he's getting the job. And then I think Patrick Graham was had like a nine-hour interview yesterday in Minnesota. And it's like, wait a minute, you're bringing Jim Harbaugh in to get the job, though, right? Yeah. And so is that going to be a bad look on the NFL? Like, I just wonder if there's some kind of circling of the wagons in the NFL. Why is every wait a minute, Josh McCown, white guy, no coaching experience? You're about to make this hire seriously when Brian Flores was a candidate? I, I, am I conspiracy theory here, or is there a possibility that the NFL has said, hey, don't, don't make any decisions today. Don't make any announcement today. Mm. Uh, this is a huge allegation. This is a potential big problem. Mm-hmm. And let's, at least from a PR perspective, figure out how the next steps of this could possibly go down. So then what are they going to do? Just tell teams, hey, just wait a couple weeks to announce it until well, it I cools just, off? I, I, I'm not saying a couple weeks. I, well, I just what, think the immediate day. The, yeah. I mean, we're, we are, like, it's for a lot of people. Like, I talked to some people today, not not like in the NFL, just some fans. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I woke up this morning. Well, for us, it happened, like, on the show yesterday, right? So yeah. not everybody sees it as quickly as we do. People woke up and watched CBS this morning. They watched ESPN. They're watching Brian Flores with these allegations. We're getting more info and intel and, and had a little bit more time to um, digest. Mm-hmm. What was said, we're getting more reaction from Marvin Lewis now and from Hugh Jackson and, and from players uh, about Brian Flores. And so I, I'm not telling you that, no, they're going to not hire anybody for two weeks. They might still hire McCown. They might still hire Harbaugh. And who knows what happens here in Jacksonville. But I just kind of wonder if collectively and even quietly the NFL said, yo, let's uh, – Let's not add fuel to the fire of the optic machine here by hire, by announcing Josh McCown, who has never been a head coach, who will beat out Brian Flores for the head coaching job, and you're going to announce that on the day he files a suit and does a media tour. I think if the National Football League was truly worried about optics, they wouldn't release a, a press release and a statement a couple hours after the fact saying that that they've done some research and they will defend against these claims which are without merit when you have no idea if they're factual or not. So I don't think the NFL is really worried about the optics right now. So I don't think the NFL is going to teams saying, hey, you guys better chill out a little bit about these hirings until we say so. I don't think so. You don't think that's happening? No. Okay, so you just think it's a slow day? And, and, and yeah, I'm, I think it's I'm a slow not, day. I'm not arguing. I'm really yeah. just presenting. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know what it is. But I could see, listen, I mean, I'm, listen optics are a big deal. Like, peace... A lot of people will say perception is reality. Is it mm-hmm. always well in the mind? Listen, it, it has been with the Jag search. Mm-hmm. We don't know what reality is with the Jag search, but from an optic and a perception point of view, it's a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. And, and that's now because the Jags aren't saying anything or anybody with the Jags like Shad Khan or anybody else, and there's no statements or, or anything of the sort. Well, that's what it is until somebody says otherwise. Mm-hmm. And right now the NFL is in an optics nightmare and a reality nightmare because perception is reality, even though it might take years or months to figure out these allegations um, for Brian Flores. But the idea that it came out when it did in the midst of a hiring cycle on the verge of potentially Harbaugh being um, announced as a head coach, Josh McCown being announced as a head coach, I, I just wouldn't be that surprised if they're like, hey, uh, continue on with what you're doing and your decision making, but let's not make any announcements today.
Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I think the NFL's got bigger fish to fry in terms of trying to step the bad optics from Flores, number one, and now Hugh Jackson suggesting that he got paid extra for losses as a Browns head coach as well. Yeah. So you're, you're in a sinking ship right now, and I think you're worried about the smallest hole in the new coaching cycles coming. Like, at the end of the day, if Jim Harbaugh gets hired today, tomorrow, a week from now, two weeks from now, people are going to question that decision because of what Flores has said now, what he's brought to light, until the allegations are either, you know, proved true or false, but they're going to question those allegations. So to me, the NFL coming out and saying, hey, you guys just relax the next couple of days, let's let it kind of blow over, I don't see it blowing over. I think the NFL's got bigger problems to fry. On the team level, though, I wouldn't do it if I was Houston. If, I would not hire a coach if today. You're gonna, if you're going to hire Josh McCown, you right. mean? I mean, that's on you. You know, I mean, I, I don't know no, what to I, tell yeah. you. Yeah, I mean... Well, listen. I don't know. <laughs> um, like, for instance, if the, if the Jaguars know they're going to hire Doug Peterson, are, are they, are they going to wait now because of what Brian Flores did? I don't think I'm so. I'm not sure. But here's where the Jags do get a little bit of a break on that front, right? From, again, from the perception standpoint, they have a minority owner. I don't think, I, I don't think anybody's going to assume the Jags are being racist in their um, or discriminatory in their hiring process when you have a minority owner. Sure, is that fair to say? I mean, maybe, but one could I'm say what would happen with Byron Leftwich. I mean, we don't know what happened with Byron Leftwich. Well, we don't know, no. So, I mean, people can make assumptions there as well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't discredit any assumptions. I, I'm just saying from a, like, Houston can't say that. Houston has a lot of different issues they've been alleged by people like in the media have uh, outwardly said Mm. things of that nature and they have had their own issues inside the building they have a black quarterback that wants to get out of the organization and they might be and Flores by the way is in that hiring search like it looks like he's a finalist up yeah. until yesterday at the that's very what, least. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you can't. If you're Houston, I wouldn't at least I mean, hire by Josh the way, McCown you know, listen, at all. But oh, yeah, especially that's the today. Because he's not, like, to me, like, him being white is that an issue. It might be. But the qualifications for Josh McCown. Right. Like, I think if Houston hires Doug Peterson today, okay, whatever. Yeah. Houston hiring Josh McCown over some possible candidates, yeah, that's going to raise eyebrows yeah, for yeah. sure. For other reasons, right? Of and course. that's for credentials. Yes. 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 But I just think it magnifies it even more. Right. Yeah. Of um, I mean, you got a guy, you know, and by the way, there are so, this is what's wild about the process is there actually, this is a very tough job. Somebody said this, I think I was talking to Ben Becker yesterday and he was saying like, what's the, what's the, um, the success rate of an NFL coach? Mm. Like if you look at the last, like he brought up like last 20 years and I didn't go do this, I probably should have, but I mean, is it 10%, 15%? Like how many, I, how many people get hired like each year in the nfl well i would say on average about four or five right mm-hmm. new hires which would mean in the last 20 years teams have recycled through probably four or five coaches in that span outside of like the steelers and the patriots you know and, yeah. and maybe a couple others in there like the chiefs and the eagles because they had them for a while so right. those uh, andy reed for a while so uh and harbaugh and baltimore you know so there are examples but What's amazing about this cycle, and separate from the, the Flores suit, is that you have guys out there that have actually done well in the NFL that mm-hmm. aren't getting sniffs. Peterson has a Super Bowl trophy. Mm-hmm. Caldwell has some good years in the NFL. Mike Zimmer, uh, again, not the fan of Mike Zimmer, but he's like 25 games over 500 in the NFL. Brian Flores is a guy that had Miami on the doorstep of the playoffs 
two years in a row. And I think the stat is something like before Flores got there in like 10 or 12 years, they had one winning season. He had two, mm-hmm. you know? And so you have these, forget about what is going on right now for the moment in the lawsuit, but you have four coaches I just named that actually have had success in the NFL that are looking for jobs in the hiring cycle and have not been hired like in a league that disappoints a lot, that there's a lot of failure rate in the in the coaching ranks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that a league here in Jacksonville, the most successful coaches are just a shade over 500. Tom Coughlin, Jack Del Rio is either just over 500 or right under 500 for his career. So it's it's a it's pretty fascinating in its own right that there are there are coaches out there that seem to be qualified with a decent resume that haven't been hired uh, no matter their color. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, I think each coach brings their their own um, reservations of why you should hire them. You know, I mean, I've been very adamant about Mike Zimmer. You can't be a defensive-minded coach and have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I think with Doug Peterson of, of how he left Philadelphia, I think some coaches might be a little turned off to that. So, like, every coach brings his own dynamics of why you may be reserved about hiring him. But, yeah, I mean, the record speaks for itself, and I think – you know, I, I would rather have a guy like Doug Peterson. I'd rather have a guy maybe even like Mike Zimmer over the, an unproven coach and a, and a first-year coach and a guy like Josh McCown. Maybe Josh McCown's going to be the future. Maybe Josh McCown's going to be the reincarnation of Bill Belichick. Who knows? But I think from Houston's perspective, if that truly is the case, that they're looking towards Josh McCown, that's a, that's a very big risk to ask on your organization coming from just firing a coach who actually exceeded expectations, number one, and coming from a team a couple years ago who was absolutely in shambles in terms of bad optics. I think about that a lot, right? And I've said this a lot, and you get, you get caught up, and I like to go back to the basic thoughts of what we've had if you really go back to this whole process six weeks it's gotten so muddy Mm -hmm. we've had a lot of conversations we try to talk around it a little bit and 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 not around it in a negative way just talk around it from shod's point of view from the fans point of view from the organization's point of view from our point of view all these different ways well what you can't lose i think there's a simplification of this when it comes in my opinion to like trent balky right this whole big firestorm of a story and i think it's very simplistic and it's got to do with the Jags being not as good as everybody else, not just with Balky, but some of the people they've had in the building over these last handful of years. And one is, okay, Balky, what have you done to earn the job of GM? I would say very little. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, very little to say, wow, look at this resume, man. Unbelievable. Uh, especially most recently, especially here in Jacksonville. There's nothing that jumps out and like, wow, yeah, definitely. All he's done, to earn, all he's done to earn GM is the fact he's been GM before. That's it. So, uh, and that he's under contract. Right. Home, yeah. Under, yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. I mean, so, quite frankly, it's, I think it's because he's, he was tied to Meyer a little bit and under contract, uh, and that's that's one of the big reasons why he's still employed yeah. as a GM. Yeah, I guess. But, but do you think Shad Khan? I mean, look at how many people Shad Khan's had to pay now. Yo, I don't think Shad Khan would think mind money? doing it. Okay. But the fact that he it, he doesn't have to think about it necessarily at the right off the rip because he was under contract. No, you know? sure. But I feel like it's to the point of this fan base right now. If under contract is the big concern, this fan base would start a GoFundMe page and buy out well, Trent Baalke himself. Right. Yeah, and by the way, I'm not one of those folks that think like he's a cheap owner or anything. Like I think there are some people that think he likes he, he's he's not willing to spend as much as you want him to spend. I, I'm not one of those folks uh, on Shad Khan. I think his history says so. Um, but but it's just my point is, what has he done to earn the job? And I think we would say not a lot uh, in terms of Trent Bulky. The other thing, and I think this is a big one, when you're the bottom of the barrel in the NFL, again, this is one of my just simplistic early thoughts on this whole process. When you're at the bottom of the barrel of the NFL, and you have been, you might be the bottom of the barrel, quite frankly, right now. You've had the number one pick two years in a row. Well, why, if you're the bottom of the barrel, are you picking from candidates that are in the bottom of the barrel? 
meaning Trent Baalke would not be a GM anywhere else in the league right now, right? Uh, like I've said before, Tom Coughlin, you could make the case, wouldn't have been an executive vice president anywhere else in the league. Like you're giving him a job that he wouldn't have anywhere else in the NFL. And so I think that can be very problematic um, for right now the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, nothing says that more than what Houston's trying to do, mm-hmm. right? Houston is, is, has a bunch of issues, and Josh McCown is a guy who's never done this before. And so when you do that, you, you, there's two things. You're picking from the bottom of the barrel, and, and, and that's just a bad place to pick from. Mm-hmm. Or you're trying to be so smart and you're a genius and it really works out. Like in the McCown situation, he turns out to be, listen, this was a guy with just extra circumstances that we just know he's going to be a home run hire. And it doesn't matter. This guy's going to deliver. He's going to be the greatest coach Houston's ever had. And you watch. Mm-hmm. And if he delivers like that, then we'll come back and we'll be like, wow, man, Houston was pretty smart, right? I mean, the guy had never had any experience. They got the, Nobody else would have done this. And so there's two ways to go when you're you're doing things that are a little bit out of the norm. The Jags have done things out of the norm. Trent Bulky would not have a job anywhere else in the NFL right now. That's out of the norm. Is Shad being a genius by keeping Trent Bulky? I would argue no. Or is he just like settling? And I think there's a there's only two ways to go with that. Josh McCown, are you settling? Or are you being a genius and trying to make a move that nobody else would do and be brash in doing so? No, Houston's not settling because Houston has other options if they wanted to. To me, this is like Nick Sirianni from last year. Nick Sirianni was the bottom of the barrel, at least that's what we all thought because we had no idea who that guy was. Yeah, true. Nick Sirianni goes to Philadelphia and win nine, you know, wins nine games. When everybody in the NFL thought, hey, these guys might win maybe five, six games at the most, they go to the playoffs. Nick Sirianni's first year. Philadelphia t- took Nick Sirianni because, well, number one, they didn't always get to the table, but it was a good fit for them. It worked for the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, so far. Now, we'll see. Time will tell. But for the first year... If I'm an Eagles fan, I got to like what I see in Sirianni and how the Eagles are playing. So that was the best fit for them. With Josh McCown, yeah, you're thinking outside the box. You're taking a giant risk. I don't know how Josh McCown's going to be as a head coach, once again, because I've never seen him coach before. He really doesn't have a resume. He might come in and be a special guy. I'm just saying from Houston's perspective, it's hard to justify taking that big of risk when you don't know. When you're supposed to come up, when you're coming up bad optics and you need a... Uh, I think just a clear-cut reserve type of coach, and Josh McCown's not that guy. The difference between a Josh McCown and a Nick Sirianni, though, is we know what Trent Baalke has done because Trent Baalke's resume speaks for itself. So it's not like you're saying, well, are, are you settling? Well, you absolutely are settling because you know what Trent Baalke can do. You don't know what Josh McCown can do. I think it's going to be bad, but we don't honestly know. So go and take your chance. You can see what happens. Philadelphia, they took a chance. This isn't a chance here in Jacksonville. You know what Trent Baalke's all about. You know his resume. You know his history in San Francisco 49ers. You know, you know, the, the stuff with Urban Meyer. So that's the fundamental difference right now is, yeah, you are settling on what you know. It's not what it could be. It's what you know. Let me ask you this question, and I don't know if you can. We've been talking about it so much, so it's a very hard thing to do. Take kind of like uh, the pre-thoughts, all the conversation we've had out of it. It might be an impossible thing to ask. The emotion out of it of the fan base. If I'm if if I'm asking this question in Seattle or in Chicago or Green Bay and I say, what's more insane, crazy, the Jaguars right now keeping Trent Baalke or Houston hiring Josh McCown? The Jaguars keeping Trent Baalke, hands down. Even in those places? 
in Chicago? Like, what would what the difference uh, well, be? Well, because what I'm trying to do is get out of the emotion of it all, Austin. Like, trying to get... I like, mean, the, the, there's, there's no emotion here. Like, the, the, This is facts. I don't know what Josh McCown's going to be as a head coach. I have no idea. Like, he, he, he could be the worst ever. He could be... Like I said, he, he could relate to the locker room. He might be talented. I have no idea. But I do know Trent Bulky's resume says that he is not a very good GM. That I know for a fact. We have zero facts right now on Josh McCown. We do have facts on Trent Bulky. So my answer is Trent Bulky. Uh, I, I, I don't think that would be the – I think I, people would be more like, this guy doesn't even have anything on his resume that says he can coach. Like, I mean, at least Trent Bulky says he's been a GM and he's gone to a Super Bowl. Again, this isn't defending. I'm just looking from the outside. Sure. Like, how appalling is it that Josh McCown is going to be a head coach in the NFL when he's never coached a down of football in his life? And how many locker rooms has he been in? Yeah, plenty. Okay. So that's experience. Once again, I'm not... I, I should be. I, I'm not defending Josh McCown. No, I'm here. not defending Bulky. I'm, yeah. just, I'm seriously but, just but asking I'm, from the outside. I think yeah. this is like super alarming that McCown, when all these guys, everybody, what? not white or black or anybody, all these guys are trying to work their way up the ladder do you to want, be head coach. Well, what is? We don't even know what Houston wants to do with Josh McCown. Is well, he going to be calling the plays? Is he just going to be a head coach? Because if you're a head coach, you got to change a culture around. I mean, if we're talking about a guy who's been on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 different teams in the National Football League, 12 different locker rooms, 12 different head coaches, 12 different culture settings, if he's been through that many coaches and culture settings, well, then maybe he might have a good idea of how to change a culture. Not maybe call the X's and O's part, but maybe he knows what a good team looks like, what a good regime looks like, and what a good culture looks like. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's the unknown right now. He, he might fall flat on his face. But at least with Josh McCown, there's a chance he might be great. I don't think Trent Bulky, there's a chance because I know what Trent Bulky brings to the table. Uh, um, interesting. To your, to your point, though, I think what you're trying to say is, like, do people in Seattle know Trent Bulky exists? Yeah, or do thing. they factor the GM to, GM to that degree yeah. where the, like the, the, the focal point of a franchise is quarterback and head coach usually? Um, but, I mean, it's, it's just a question thrown out there. I'm I think you're both right, one though. way or another. Um, I, I do think it's like, wow. In the, in, again, where you're supposed to have the best of the best, like not too many people get hired in positions of any kind with no experience. Well, you're well, one of the few. <laughs> yeah, sure. What do you mean, one of the few? Uh, yeah, like radio. Oh, I mean, I, I, I went to school for it, but appreciate that. Um, so, okay, let me ask you this, though. The price was right. If you, if, <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, go, go try to replace me with what I'm getting paid. Um, so when we talk about Nick Sirianni, I mean, like, if you watch Nick Sirianni's press conference the first day in the NFL. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Eagles fans were the most pumped up that Nick Sirianni is? No, we're coach? making fun of them. And then maybe they would have taken Trent Bulky over Nick Sirianni even. But now we're here. So uh, I just think... Dealing with the unknown, I'd rather take the risk of the unknown than what I know. Yeah. I want to get Austin on the line real quick. Uh, He's uh, here with me in studio, too. But apparently you're on the phone as well. I like it. Austin, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Is this Austin with an E or an I? It's uh, Austin with an I. Uh, Of course it is. Not too many E's, you know. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I was just calling because it's crazy that I've heard about it. I was listening to the radio this morning. And on my on, I, I see on the back of the football helmet in racism. Mm-hmm. And 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 now now all the coaches are, are, are and all all this came up and it's I, I can't believe it. And then the oh, also I think we're, we're kind of you're breaking up, man. We're losing you. Bear with me. Bear with me. Okay. okay. No problem. 
There, I might be losing a little bit. Let me, let me, if you can hear us, uh, we'll give you one try here, or it, welcome to call back too, but uh, when you get in a better spot. Um, the, how important do you think this day, this lawsuit though, is for Flores to bring attention to more I'm, than I'm just, back. more than just having it on the uh, back of a helmet? All right, Austin, go ahead. I'm back. So, 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 like, that's what I was calling about was like I play Madden too, and I know EA Sports is different than 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 NFL because I mean I know they have the license and all that, but still, if your helmet's gonna say in racism, then there shouldn't be any racism. Mm. Is what is, is and and I think that whoever whoever the like the coaches and the 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 GMs and all that need to sit down and it's 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 just crazy. Yeah, I appreciate it, Austin. Thanks for the call, man. I uh, appreciate jumping in on the topic. Uh, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690-436-2-9901. And, and uh, yeah, listen, the, I, I will say this, and this is just because the way it is. I mean, the end racism, the the signage in the end zones, the signage on helmets, the stickers on helmets, that is a very new initiative, right? Yep. And And that is not like... Um, by the way, that doesn't mean like just be. It shouldn't need to be on a helmet, yeah. right? To to not happen. But it's not like this has been a core value of the NFL, like that they've really thrown out there it for the last thirty years and said we are working. This is a very new initiative that they have rallied around. And so to say that the Flores suit and things like that still occur, well, that's deeper than just the last couple of years and putting a sticker on a helmet. I mean, that's the way it's been in the NFL and around the coaching ranks for quite some time. Without this coming across as too, I guess, just mean or insensitive, I think the NFL tries to be on the right side of history when it can benefit them. And what I mean by that is is when one of their own, Colin Kaepernick, did what he did and Eric Reed followed suit, the NFL was nowhere to be seen to have the, their backs, right? A lot of people weren't there to have Colin Kaepernick or Eric Reed back. They were ostracized. They were cast out. Colin Kaepernick more than Reed. But they were ostracized because of it. And then you fast forward to whatever the case was five, six years later, and you see a bunch of racial injustice happening in the streets, and you see teams, you know, themselves taking initiative and trying to protest against that and players coming together and players educating then all of a sudden the NFL goes whoa man all these players in the NFL they're you know speaking out against this stuff we have to get on board as well they didn't have that same energy way back it was only that energy when every player in the NFL spoke out against or at least predominantly every player in the NFL spoke out against it and then the NFL got on board why? Because, well, yeah, maybe, and I, I truly, like, listen, I don't think the NFL has ill will for the most part, and I guess a majority of me wants to believe that their heart is in the right spot, and they actually do believe what they're preaching, but it is kind of a convenience when you have players speaking out against it, and all of a sudden the NFL comes forward and says, okay, well, we're with you guys now. With the whole Colin Kaepernick, well, we just, you know, that, that was a different time. We're with you now. Yeah. So, yeah, there's obviously, like, you can say and racism on your helmet, and and you can do all these things, but the actions speak louder than the words. Like, the, the, the words get the conversation going, and that's fantastic. That's a start, but it's just a start, nor even close to the finish. And I think actions speak louder than words. And if what Brian Flores is, 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 is what he's saying is it's true, 
well, then those actions are going to amplify way louder than any sticker on a helmet or any you know message an end zone's ever going to do. Well, they can make the acknowledgement. They can try to change. Uh, that obviously isn't happening overnight, hasn't changed yet, and there's still a long way to go yeah. if these allegations are, are correct um, on the Flores front. And, and by the way, take the lawsuit with Flores out of it. There is still a chance you have nine openings in the NFL, have no black head coach named, and you have Mike Tomlin as the only African-American coach in the NFL. That's problematic without a lawsuit, mm-hmm. right? And it was, a, it was problematic going into this hiring cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, we're yelling about this, we're talking about this, and, well, no action, Yeah, really, uh, by any of the uh, owners or teams as of yet. Uh, when it comes to the head coach. We talk more about it. Uh, The latest on the Senior Bowl, uh, the latest on the Jag search, uh, and much, much more. Happy signing day to all the kids and parents and schools out there. It's a big day uh, for a lot of kids in a lot of sports across the area and across the country. We'll be back on ESPN 690. I think those text messages confirmed a lot of what a lot of us, you know, black minority coaches already feel. That a lot of we're going into these and they're shams. They confirm that. A lot of uh, there's a belief in, in, you know, look, that was just a mistake by Bill Check. We've all sent the wrong text message to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this instance, it came to me and, and there was almost, you know, it was confirmation that that, that, that those back, 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 uh, backroom dealings are happening. That is Brian Flores. I don't know which program. He was all over the place today. That was either Get Up or CBS and um, has been on a lot of different outlets uh, here on this uh, Wednesday. I, I, I liked what he said there. It's like, listen, I, some people text the wrong person and you get caught texting the wrong person. Something's worse than that. But this was, like, obvious to me. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I don't disagree with Flores. I, I think the – we saw, talked about this yesterday. The Rooney rule has set this up. Mm-hmm. It was, has good intentions. But it sets it up that if I want my – if I have a candidate in mind, I still have to do other interviews. Yeah. Because of the Rooney rule. Mm-hmm. And so then it puts – minority coaches mm-hmm. in a spot where they're being interviewed just as a token interview. Yeah, they're they're charity interviews at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and by the way, there is there's if they're taken seriously, the interviews, mm-hmm. well then there's still so there might be some benefit. There's always there could be a benefit for a young coach interviewing. Get it under his belt, get comfortable in the situation, present a plan, like a practice run, even though you know you're not getting the job. Mm-hmm. But then for the next time it comes around, now you're more ready. You know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And so, again, does the Rooney Rule have some good intentions? And does it allow for some good things potentially? Yes, but it also opens the door for this. When you have to put a number on something and minimize something and, and have a quota to it, so to speak, well, then it, it, it creates opportunities for the system to go bad and at the expense of uh, coaches. I mean, again, we might be seeing it right now in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And if Jim Harbaugh is really their target, then the interview with Patrick Graham might have been for not. Mm-hmm. Now, they also might have been really interviewing Patrick Graham because he might be their second choice if Harbaugh says, no, I'm going to go back to Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, as an owner or as a hiring firm or a hiring whoever, you have to be ready for that. I mean, I would hope you would take the interviews sincerely just in case you have to pivot. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, by the way, this is one more example. Remember when we had this conversation last week and I said, I was talking about Hackett 
And it's like, how would Hackett potentially be your number one guy and you'd save that in- interview for last? Okay. Well, this is one of the examples why you might save the interview that you, you, you're a front runner. If you have a finalist of three and you're front runner of an interview to last. Yeah. Like they interviewed Dable before they interviewed Flores. Yeah. In New York. If they yeah. had interviewed Flores first, then they could make their decision on Dable once it confirmed to them that he was their number one choice and done that interview last. Wait, so you're saying that's why you say so what with Hackett? No, I'm sorry. I'm looking. We had this conversation last week yeah. when I thought maybe Hack. Why couldn't Hackett be the number one choice of the Jacksonville Jaguars? And the like, argument is because, well, they didn't well, really pursue him, it seemed like. Well, yeah. And why would they have it waited till Thursday to interview him instead of going after Eberflus and then Leftwich? Yeah. Which I think is a fair argument. I'm just saying sure. this wouldn't be one reason why you would interview your, like Minnesota's doing. If if they go into this situation where Harbaugh's their front runner, okay. they're interviewing him last. So they basically can confirm that and not be blown away by somebody else in the meantime. Okay. And if the Giants did it that way, if Dable was their front runner, yeah. then they would have avoided this kind of situation. Okay. You know what I mean? Where it yeah. looks like they're just not doing a token interview after the fact, even though Dable in their mind had already got the job. Okay. I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's that was just the relation to our story. Yeah. It, it would prevent teams, whether they're trying to be malicious or not, or intent, or of just doing giving token and charity interviews, but it would prevent that if you were to, in my opinion, put your number one candidate going into your finalist process as your last interview. Yeah, but then you lose the risk of losing that guy. Well, you could. You could like and the Jags, like that's what that's why well, we had that so, discussion. Well, so, so, I mean, yeah, and, and if if the hacker was truly <laughs> their their top guy, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, that's just a plausible scenario, right? Yeah, and, and then they lost their guy. Correct. Right. So it's just it's an interesting process, nonetheless. It oh, there's there's loopholes potentially all over the place mm-hmm. and disaster scenarios depending on how you present it, and in this case, a totally different kind of potentially disaster scenario uh, for the New York Giants. We still have Austin on the. We, we have Austin. Two Austin phone calls to start the show. Back-to-back Austin. And this is a different Austin. Were we convinced this is a different Austin? No, we're not convinced. Hey, is this me? Hey, it's you. How you guys doing? Are you the same Austin that just called in? No, I'm a different Austin. I live up in North Carolina. I've been a lifelong Jags fan, man. Are you Austin with an E or Austin with an I? It's got to be an I. Austin with an I, man. All yeah. right, I figures. Now, what you got, man? Uh, Jags ever going to find a coach? Yeah, I wanted to talk about that drama. Um, what I've been thinking is, okay, I, I have a lot of respect for Sean Conn. You know, he took over the Jags. He said he was going to keep it here. He's put so much money into the Jags. He's a very smart guy, you know, and... I believe a lot of Jags fans kind of feel like he's lost. And I'm wondering if he's just taking a different approach this year. You know, is he trying to evaluate every single coach and try to do it differently, possibly, and make a right decision, you know, maybe have a name of a guy that he really likes and maybe might go back to but just wants to look at other people first? Or do you think he could be kind of lost in this process and struggling? And we've had no updates as Jags fans, you know. So our, our Jags fans are running around with their heads cut off and don't know what's going on. And all we can do is speculate. But uh, just wanted to get y'all's opinion on do y'all think Shad Kong uh, 
basically just that, guys. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, Austin. Thanks for the call, man. Good to have you listening from North Carolina. Uh, and, you know, essentially, is he taking his time? Is he trying to find the right guy and through that process, or is he kind of lost? Well, I think the perception is they have been it's a misguided and it has a lack of direction. At some point, their direction changed and had some, uh, well, misguided nature to it to, to be going on this long. Yeah. This seems way too long for a team that had a two-week head start on the rest of the field, and even more, but uh, definitely a head start, to now be here in February some 35 days after the first interview of Doug Peterson and not really know if you're going to make a head coaching hire in the next couple of moments, days, or weeks. I think with the you know the speculation with Kevin O'Connell missing out on interviewing him until now after the Super Bowl, um, I think that the fact that it's taken this long so far and, you know, regardless of who you think the favorite was, they weren't able to get that guy and we're still kind of in limbo right now. And you see it seems like you're settling for your third and fourth choices. You interviewed Doug Peterson after what was it, 34 days uh, for, for, yeah. for, from the first yep. interview? Um, yeah, I, I think you have a, an organization that was ill-prepared for this process. I think you have a guy in Shad Khan whose ego took a giant blow after Urban Meyer turned out um, to not be the guy for the job uh, because, you know, I think Shad Khan went all in with Urban Meyer. That was Shad Khan's decision, and he gave him every single resource imaginable, um, essentially gave him the, the keys to the kingdom, if you will, and Urban Meyer crashed it, man. Uh, he, he made it worse than it was before he got here. So I think, you know, as a businessman... And as a person in football, your ego took a giant blow um, after you had to admit, hey, Urban Meyer wasn't the guy. I have to fire him before the season's even done, and I probably got to pay this guy a lot of money for not even doing his job anymore. So I think ego took a, a, a giant blow as well. So, yeah, I think Shad Khan right now, um, in terms of morale and in terms of, you know, this process, it hasn't been good. No, I, I will say I threw this out because you know me. I, I'm I'm ready for every scenario possible, and I just wonder at some point does it float by? You got to remember he's a global guy, right? He's a big business guy. The NFL doesn't is a big business. It's it, well, I don't know about global business, but it, it it works on a different speed, right, than the rest of the world. Like if Shad was going for Flexing Gate, he was going to go find a new CEO, right? Mm -hmm. And he brings three CEOs, and he doesn't like the three CEOs. He just doesn't. He doesn't have a good feel about him, even though that's who. He, he had the finalists. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I, I just don't have a good gut about this. I'm going to go try to find somebody that I think fits better. Sure. He opens it back up, does a national search, boom, boom, boom. You get three more. That goes on another month and a half. You end up with your CEO out, out of that pile. Could that have happened in this scenario where he just didn't have, he didn't like it, how it was all lining up? It's like, let's, I don't know, man. I don't want to make the wrong decision. I've already made the wrong decision four times. I mean, plausibly, could it happen? Yeah, but in the NFL cycle, that's a very hard thing. You have to have a plan, and you have to always ha be ready for to hire a coach. Like, mm. even when you hire a coach, you have to have people in your draw drawer that you're ready to hire. You know, right? for sure. But at the same time, too, though, it's concerning because, it, you know, if you were talking about the businessman, Shad Khan, you have a guy in Trent Balky who's kind of like the president right now who's also in charge of hiring and you left him appointed, you know, when maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah. So maybe the, the best guy to qualify for your business as a president isn't doing a great job either. Yeah, maybe it's it's the firing that needed to happen instead of the hiring, mm -hmm. right, to, to, to make a better fit and you feel better about it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a fair point. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Trent Bulky not at the Senior Bowl. He's too busy.
What does that mean? We'll be back on ESPN 69. Do you believe you will ever coach in the National Football League again? I'm hopeful that I will. I'm very hopeful. Um, but I understand the risks of, of, of filing a lawsuit like this. But I'm very, I'm, I am hopeful that I will. It's something I'm passionate about. But if change comes, and if I never coach again and there's change, it, it'll be worth it. That is Brian Flores. Hey, real quick, uh, to kind of put a bow on this for now, it's not, it's, it's not going to stop the story, and it should. Like, what's the immediate that happens? Like, I don't see Flores getting a job in the cycle, mm. right? Even though he's been interviewed. Mm-hmm. But, like, do you, then what? Is it just an investigation and obviously a lawsuit that goes forward? And maybe Hugh Jackson joining this class action lawsuit. Do we get others? That, we saw a lot of support from players, but are we going to get people jumping in on a lawsuit against the NFL? Yeah. Do you think so? I mean, it, it can go a couple ways. I would assume that there will probably be more people coming forward eventually. Um, and then kind of back Blue, uh, uh, Brian Flores and kind of go from there. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I guess I just have a hard time. I don't know what the end is. Obviously, when you sue somebody, it is money, right? I sure. mean, it's a money thing that could be at... at well, but it, what changes and how quickly do we can can this spark change yeah. in, in the process? It is really what Brian Flores is after. Yeah, I mean, I think it all depends. You know, the, the process has to run its course. And, you know, in, in terms of teams being found guilty or not, I mean, that's going to be a big part of it. And then once again, if... if if his peers um, back him and share their own experiences and it starts to snowball, well, then, yeah, the NFL's got a serious problem on its hands. I think it already kind of does have a problem on its hands, but now it's going to amplify and, and be under a microscope. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think, now that you've seen the dust settle a little bit and the, the massive nature of the story, uh, do you think he'll coach again in the NFL? Um, he, he admits that he's risking that. He knows No, for that. sure, for sure. Um... I think so. I mean, it all depends. Like, I don't know how this is going to play out, you know, so it's so hard to say. I, I think if what he's saying is the truth, um, I think he will have another opportunity then. Yeah, I'm having a tough time with that. Like, I, I know he's not getting hired this cycle now. I mean, he definitely. No, for sure. I, I don't know if he was anyway, yeah. to be honest with you. But I, I know now he's not. Um, but I mean, and I just don't know three years, four years. He's a young guy still, too. I mean, so. if you mean to tell me a guy won't get an opportunity because he spoke out about maybe injustice, if, if once again, if he's found, you know, right, I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, um, might be the case. We'll see uh, what happens to Brian Flores. Let's talk Senior Bowl a little bit. Uh, Trent Bulky's not there. Is that a big deal? Uh, when we come back, ESPN 690.